MPB is the largest global platform to buy, sell and trade used photo and video kit. MPB is the simple, safe and circular way to trade, upgrade and get paid for kit. Find out more at www.mpb.com. Hello and welcome to the AV Forums Movies Podcast for Monday the 6th of February 2023. Tonight I'm joined by Simon Crust. I love Tom's jacket. <laughs> Mark Costello. I too love Tom's jacket. And Tom Davis. I am Tom's jacket. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So for the first Movies Podcast of the year, our own dedicated oh. night as well. We're going to be catching up on what's new in 2023. Uh, it's mostly seems to be Oscar centric, Oscar hopeful fodder um, from people like Spielberg or box office bombs like uh, Babylon. And uh, we're going to talk about standout performances from an unlikely group of people. Who would have ever picked standout performances from Brendan Fraser, Gerard Butler, and Dave Batista? Seems like an odd trio. Cool but... people, cool people would be picking those performances. Just I think you said bald people. Yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> and a lead vehicle for Mel Gibson, which is just unheard of. Which is not Lethal Weapon Five. Um, plus, lots of great TV, but there's no 4K. I don't know what's going on with 4K. We're going to talk about what's going on with 4K later. But let's go straight to competitions, Mark. Uh, well, thank you, Mr. Harlow. Uh, so apparently you can win Studio Canal's Linny 1. I don't know how you pronounce that. It's German. Uh, and the final program, Watcher, DC's Legion of Superheroes and Criterion's February titles, all of which are in my upcoming February top 10, which is live for early access supporters now, but not for me, ironically enough. Uh, and soon to be on general release for mere mortals such as myself and your good selves. There are still a few from my January top 10, like Emily the Criminal, Married to the Mob, and Criterion's January titles. All of those are available on Blu-ray. So head over to avforums.com forward slash competitions to enter. And as ever, all competitions are open to eligible AV Forums members resident in the UK. Back to you, Mr. Harlow. Nice. We've got a whole bunch of winners. I should do a quick shout out to everyone who won on the Christmas supporter competition. There were 50 titles up for grabs, and I think we had 39 that went out. So 39. Can, can I have the other 11? Yeah. Someone asked that. You know, are there any spare? And I did give him one. But yes, I mean, basically, yes, you can't, Mark. Yeah, no. It's gone now. You should have asked like a month ago. Um, we're, the, we're displaying all the competitions because there are so many out. But we'll read out a few of the supporter ones and some of the bigger ones. Whiff Off won Scalectrics 1980s Back to Future vs. Night Rider race set. Cat321 nice. won the podcast exclusive Luca on 4K. Supporter Phileas won Revenge on Blu-ray. Supporter Simon Holden won Gangs in London Season 2 on Blu-ray. Supporter Mikey Cubed won The Driver on Blu-ray. Supporter Stevie DR won King Kong on 4K. Steelbook. Star Supporter Tokusa won Cask Door on 4K. Uh, all the rest of stars. So stars Sam V, uh, two thousand and one, won Orphan First Kill on four K. UK Can UK won Picard season two on Blu-ray Steelbook. Doc won Halo season one on four K Steelbook, and Big Ben Chunk won Criterion's December titles on Blu-ray. 
Well done, Boom. everybody. Absolutely. Right. So it won't be as many winners next time. This is just because we haven't done one since like start of December, I think. Maybe even November. Yeah, it, was, it, it was start of December. Yeah, but we the last one we did was like not a competitions one. Ah. It was a interview one. So we couldn't read out the competitions because we'd true. we'd have bored our guest rigid with 30 competitions. So. As opposed to us just boring the audience. You yeah. don't care about boring me, Richard, do you? No, I don't. Especially <laughs> when you're on mute. <laughs> Best place for me, really, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Movie news. Well, no, you've got to talk movies, Tom. We're, we're going to talk about movies. Oscars. You love this season. Oscar season. You want to give everything an Oscar. Give Oscars. Tom's going to award the Oscars tonight. Am I? Um, no. So uh, it's Oscar season. Uh, we got uh, Kate Blanchett shooting for Best Actress in Tar, Spielberg shooting Best Picture in Fablemans, and Brendan Fraser shooting for Best Actor in The Whale. I mean, it's a, it's. A... I, ho- I hope he gets it, but he, I, I don't think he will. No, but it's yeah. interesting. It doesn't. It doesn't matter either way. Like he gets it. <laughs> no, I know, but it's still, it's still. It'd be nice for him. Yes, it's still interesting that the the guy from the mummy who disappeared off our screens for ages came back as a tin man and what are you talking about the guy from the mummy? It's the guy from Monkey Bone. There you go. George in the jungle. And disappeared, came back as Tin Man in Doom Patrol, which he's great in. And he was in um No Sudden Move as well, uh last year. Which he was fun in as well. Yeah. And he's up for an Oscar, though. Yeah, but you're also overlooking he's competing with Bullseye from Daredevil. Go mm. figure that. Mm. Yeah, it's mm. true. Mm. And to be fair, Farrell did deserve an Oscar for Bullseye in that Daredevil. He was very funny. <laughs> but anyway. Yes. <laughs> so... <laughs> there's a bunch of uh i think I, I wrote this in the babylon review there's a lot a lot of um love letters to cinema going on i mean tom knows all about this you can tell us about fablemans in a minute this it's everything's about directors looking back on what brought them to cinema and there, there's um sam mendes did empire of light which is just been announced coming to disney I, i'm assuming none of us have actually seen it so we're gonna i don't think anyone's seen it have they <laughs> no i don't think so so we're gonna check it out in march when it drops on disney which is probably the best place for it but that utterly tanked and uh, we got spielberg's which you're going to tell us about and we've got chazelle's love hate letter babylon which i'll speak about in a second but are we going to give fableman's best picture and best director tom come on it's all up to you <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. I have, I have no interest. Tom doesn't care. One it. way or the other. I mean, I think it, it's to as know. a rule. To as know. a rule, I I personally find this like this in cinema wonderful uh, genre of film like quite annoying, like quite irritating. <laughs> That's why I was I was not gonna go anywhere near Babylon because I I could just see it happening. And in fairness to um Steven Spielberg, Fableman's has an air of that, but it does a really good job of puncturing it as well with like here's here's the cold truth about how hard it is and doesn't matter how talented you are unless you get like 
the stroke of luck, then um, you're basically grafting for nothing. Uh, which is, it's not all that. There's, there's just, there's, there's an element of that in, in the final act of it. And that was enough to make me think like, okay, it's, it's not all like rose tinted, like, because I get really, really tired with that, with that stuff. Um, and it was one of the reasons that I didn't go and see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood um, when it was first out, because I was like, isn't filmmaking great and it's like yeah i like films too but i don't necessarily need to see a self-indulgent director with a lot of money telling me all about it that being said i really did like the fablemans it is a really good film really warm fuzzy comfortable movie um that just absolutely zips along and is full of really uh like winkly nods to steven spielberg's filmography um lots of little shots lots of little framing in there um for you to say that's from indiana jones that's from et that's from war of the worlds for some reason <laughs> and it's but it's and it doesn't over egg that either it's it's like the interesting thing about it well I suppose I should just say what it's about first. It, it is the life of young Steven Spielberg um, discovering his love for filmmaking while his parents go through a breakup. Um, and it is autobiographical with a tiny pinch of fiction. Um, the only pinch of fiction is that the names have been changed for some reason. <laughs> That's it. Everything else, as far as I can tell. The de- the level of detail in it is so specific and so real that it it just all feels pulled from memory. Like the I didn't mention in the review, but the attention to sound design, particularly um, in the movie, there's lots of things like the the crinkle of tablecloth, like a paper tablecloth as it's folded up. There's it, it's purposefully brought to the forefront so that. You know, normally that's the sort of thing that you would that you would want to damp out of the scene, but Spielberg really like amps it up so you're you're hearing basically what he heard when he was a kid. And and stuff like that is really nice. And although it does spend a lot of time um just homaging his own stuff, it doesn't it doesn't feel like intrusive. It feels like like an a cycle of cinema. So he watched these films, then these things happened to him, then he made his own films, now he's showing us those things that happened to him through the lens of the films that he's made, and it's just, it's quite a nice little, like, Russian nesting doll of of filmmaking. So it was, it's really, really lovely. It's not amazing, it didn't blow me away, and in that respect I was a little bit disappointed, because I was kind of hoping it would. Um, but it it's definitely worth a look if you have any love for Spielberg movies whatsoever, and who doesn't? Uh, you should you should try and check it out because it, it's great, and it has a final scene which completely ruins the rest of the movie in a good way. Like <laughs> the rest of the movie is great, and the final scene is magnificent. And um, yeah, so go check it out. It's great. Eight out of ten best cinematography, eh? For sure. (laughs) 
Um, what about the whale? I don't. I. I mean, I haven't got that much to say about the whale. I think it's done. It's done the rounds enough. Um, it's this is Brendan Fraser's comeback movie. It's not really his comeback movie because, like you say, he's been on TV and in movies for the last couple of years. Um, but this is his big moment, his starring role. Um, and he so, makes it's a Mickey Rourke wrestler moment, isn't it? Particularly Absolutely. Aronofsky. The the yeah. parallel doesn't end there either. Um, it's a, a guy who's an English teacher. He's housebound because um, of his weight, um, suffering a lot of health problems. And the film is just a few days of his life where visitors come in and out and interact with him and um we see his troubles mirrored in their troubles and the way he deals with things contrasted by the way that other people say he should be dealing with things but also their coping mechanisms aren't super healthy either and that and that's it really it's it's a it's a direct port of a stage play and it looks like it it is essentially one room it it is one room it's one set um and there's not much imagination been put into moving it from stage to screen um which i don't know it's not necessary but at the same time it felt kind of flat especially for aronofsky who has such um typically a dynamic style of shooting um lots of following people around lots of um you know disorienting shots that that's kind of the sort of thing that you would expect but it's not it's so straightforward it's it's his most straightforward film that he's ever made i think probably um and yeah the parallels with the wrestler are that it is an aging or i guess a middle-aged guy struggling with his life and anxieties and depression and sort of punishing his body in order to deal with it um and but it's not reconnect with his daughter yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> but it's it's not as competent it's yeah. not as interesting it's not as challenging it's not as deep the only thing to recommend about it is um brendan fraser because he's just so charismatic and so um just like he's got a lot of power just natural power um and that comes across and that but that's it that that's that's the movie um yeah. and you can base a film around one performance and sometimes that works really well but everything that's sort of in the peripheries here is so overwrought and so kind of like oversimplistic and it just felt a little bit gross. It felt a lot like point and watch this weird guy as he breaks down. And it just felt a little bit invasive and a little bit gross and a little bit manipulative. And I felt a bit icky afterwards. So uh, it's disappointing. Yeah, it but is. I probably will watch it for for Brendan Fraser. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, yeah, yeah. Basically, is the answer to that one. Same, same with Blanchett and Tar. Although Tar is 
reading both reviews, it would seem um, a much more watchable movie. But uh, again, you're riding riding entirely on, you know, potentially Oscar-winning performance. Notwithstanding the fact mm. that I think they might have disqualified themselves by, I think, mentioning another film that deserved an Oscar less for its best lead actress performance. But, you know, these things happen clearly in Hollywood. Um, I've seen Babylon, the film that you didn't want to see, Tom. <laughs> I don't think many people wanted to see it. I mean, it's a really odd choice. It's three hours and 15 minutes long. It's Damien. Um, Everything's Giselle. three hours these days. Everything is Everything three hours is long. Three I just finished Wakanda long. Forever and it took me a month. <laughs> the, 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 I don't get what's up with the three hour movies. I don't get who greenlit like an $80 million movie. Clearly, you know, hard R rated. Um, but about, you know, the change from silent movies to the golden era of Hollywood, you know, that talky, birth of talkies era. Singing in the Rain did a good job with that. Yeah, I mean, this is... Is it? Is it? It's got a Singing in the Rain? It's got Singing in the Rain in it. Does that huh? count? Yeah, it's, nah, got, it's got you're... lots of Singing in the Rain <laughs> in it. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I mean, it's a really odd choice to green light a movie like this for this budget. I know he's the guy behind Whiplash and La La Land, and I know he's he was Flavor of the Month. He is was is I don't know Flavor of the Month, but um, this it's very a very excessive movie. It doesn't feel like a love letter to Hollywood at all. It feels like a bit of hate mail. <laughs> you know, there's it's like really really unpleasant orgies going on. A lot of bodily fluids everywhere frequently from animals or yeah. prosthetics um it's it's just an exercise in kind of trying to shock you and trying to show you how unpleasant and depraved and unruly hollywood was back then presumably it is. <coughs> yeah, <coughs> presumably <laughs> highlighting that it kind of is still <laughs> Uh, so that doesn't feel like a love letter at all. I mean, everyone gets screwed and everyone is, you know, suffers at the hands of a very fickle studio machine. It's It's got moments of genius. So like when there's a switch from silent to talkies, they, the, the technology is a real big hurdle. Like they just haven't had to deal with sound on set before. <laughs> so having to get the actors and actresses who previously didn't have to worry about that to suddenly learn lines and then hit marks where no matter how good they were if they didn't hit the mark they'd have to reset and do it again and you know no one could have any metal on sets because it would interfere with the microphone really ridiculous attention to detail but it's almost farcical watching it happen, but you can see the level of frustration by everybody involved in attempting to do a movie with sound at that kind of turn in technology. Um, and that, things like that feel very insightful. But as a whole, I don't think it really comes together. Um, it is a spectacle. I mean, it is it is something kind of to be seen and endured love hated i don't know 
Brad Pitt's very good in it. Uh, Margot Robbie is Harlequin, except in the like twenties, thirties, forties, and um, yeah, I mean it's it, it's it's worth seeing, but y- y- another film you need a month to watch, really, and and people are going to get it on streaming and do it. Stop making three-hour films, or yes. you know what, make it as a six-part limited TV show. Because that it felt no, I don't want more of that. I don't want another six part TV show, Kaz. I don't want that. Do it because it felt like there was more to tell, and yet it was three hours long, and I couldn't get out of it fast enough. So, so it's one of those things as a movie. Anyway, switching tack very, very vastly from uh, Hollywood excesses to um. Gerard Butler's maybe one of his best performances, Mark. I, I was going to say it, it's something when you say switching tack from Hollywood excess to the latest Gerard Butler film. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's mm. it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I had to get this one. I had to get this one approved in the household to watch, and the first thing my <laughs> wife did was was Google it, and it says it says something like um, uh, blisteringly tense action film, and, and she's. So- so, so raising an that... eyebrow at me, and I'm like, "Look at Mark's review." I, I was going to say, Mark's... "Why yeah. wasn't my review the first thing you showed?" Yeah, her? Ask, ask, you know what? Forget it. Ask Google <laughs> SEO for that. But but anyway, I point her to your review, and she's like, "Oh, okay, we'll try it." And you know, you were spot on. It doesn't oh, feel you. doesn't feel like a Gerard Butler action film. No, which is which is a real compliment to it. Mm. Notwithstanding the people out there who are like, "Where's my Gerard Butler action film?" But mm. But yes, tell us about Plane. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Well, it, it, pl- Plane was a very, very nice surprise, like you said. It it, it sets itself up, and, and I think it was a deliberate act on the on the part of everyone concerned to set this plane up. You know it's heading into a storm. You know there is a violent criminal, you know, handcuffed out the back, and you know that Gerard Butler's the man because he's got a name like Brody Torrent. So you know it's all set up for some kind of crazy sub John Woo, you know, B movie, DTV, you know, late night Friday night beer thought. Uh, but then all the way through the opening bit, there's there's little subtleties that go, well, hang on, it might not, it might not quite be that. Let's have a look at the minutiae of actually what it takes to take a plane off yeah it's crazy detail yeah it's madness about talking about well whose ipad has got the weather formation on and you know all this kind of stuff so so uh typically yes the plane is flying home on new year's eve it hits a rough patch of weather the electrics are hit by a bolt of lightning it loses all power and gerard butler has to land a plane so far so good yet what isn't so far so good is he actually manages to land it fairly easily yeah. On on an island after twenty minutes, and you go, well, hang on, where, where's the rest of this film? Where, where, where's the violent criminal taking over and all this kind of stuff? And then what you realise is that the, the the film is trying to take a much more measured approach to typical action beats. So yes, it lands on this island, and yes, this island is populated with renegade militia who would, you know, just as much kill someone with their with their Russian AK forty seven than they would actually have a conversation with anyone. But the whole approach, the whole tone of this is much more, look, these people exist. This could happen. What do we think would be a more realistic view of this scenario as opposed to the Hollywood version? So 
it it's a really interesting approach to it i think i said in the review that the film that instantly sprang to mind was captain phillips yeah. you know that that was a measured grounded approach to a very typical hollywood scenario and i mean i, I think the again they were taking the piss a little bit the makers because right at the very end no spoilers or anything well let's just say gerard butler gets the exact same emotional beat that tom hanks did at the end of uh, <laughs> captain phillips and didn't uh, get one <laughs> yes uh but but overall i mean i was really torn because i came out of the cinema going well actually that was a very very enjoyable entertaining film it was entertaining and enjoyable because it wasn't the usual dtv let's blow everything up kind of crap but then right at the very end just as it's all getting a little bit excitable someone brings out a 50 cal and you get a little glimpse of of the insane excess that you know a, a glorious b movie can give you take yeah. the end of rambo you know the fourth mm. one rambo 2008 when that 50 cal's just yeah. blowing people up and you know you shouldn't enjoy it mm. but you do <laughs> you know there's a hint of that and there was almost a promise yeah. of while i while i love it for not being that i kind of wish it was a little bit more, a bit more. <laughs> so so it was a very very interesting film which again is not often a word i would ever use to describe a typical gerard butler film so, it's not it's not Butler on the on the Barrett either. He's not he's not firing the shells. But it is a very very spoiler. No, I mean no, I'm just <laughs> saying maintaining the yes, maintaining the kind of realism of it mm. is not it's not him like going full Rambo. And possibly the, the the most realistic part of it, ironically enough, was he's stuck on this island. The entire world doesn't know where he is. He fixes a rickety old landline and gets through to the airline. And the first thing the woman on the end of the phone says, piss off, you're a crank caller and put the phone <laughs> yeah, down on him. Like, I thought, yeah. now that's real world. That's customer <laughs> service for you, that is. So, uh, yeah, good, good fun. But it, it's one of those where if you want it to be a Gerard Butler explodathon, you ain't going to get it. So expect expectations may need slightly tempered mm -hmm. i was hoping it was a, a stealth geostorm sequel but is that not is oh, that not oh yeah. I, I would watch a stealth geos yeah. i like geostorm it's it's pretty it's... good actually yes yeah, it's pretty sounds good like, sounds like Does... you've seen it simon yeah Did you expect i have a gerard butler film no well i didn't really know what to expect um Again, if you'd read my review, Simon. Yeah, well, I, see, yeah, but that, I that don't know gets, why I bother. Quite that frankly. gets into you know because that tells you more than you need to know. It, it didn't for me quite escape the director video thing. It didn't quite jump that hurdle. It still oh, okay. felt like a bit like it to me. Um, you know, the the slightly too long um, scenes, the 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 bit right in the middle when his daughter's doing the recording you know it's just little bits you're thinking oh, well, maybe if you'd have trimmed that there trim that there and give it a bit more punch um but it was very good and the ending you know a bit too long um but the uh that 50 cow that was awesome <laughs> that was truly that, great as, as, long, as long as they and, and, yeah, and, and that was true what they what that would do to an engine block is actually true yeah yes, it, it was, yeah, so was as long as as long as they don't cock the sound mix up on that disc that is going to be a must have demo <laughs> yes. scene yes it was it was very satisfying scene. where you say yeah. disc who's distributing it yeah that's true uh, this is an amazon prime jobby isn't it this is oh, straight is onto Amazon Prime. Oh, ball. 
animals. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Bezos. Sorry. Or, or Disney will get it, and then we'll definitely <laughs> see a 4K release. And then when we see a 4K my, release, my, the Atmos will be great. Let's filter knob. Yes, let, let's filter all that low end off. We don't need any of that. <laughs> yes. Well, okay. So Gerard Butler's not the only one who's surprising us. Uh, we had Brendan Fraser, we had Gerard Butler, and we got Dave Batista. Mm. Now, he was in Knives Out too, and I quite liked him in that. I don't. I, I, surely it's not a surprise that he's great. Like, uh, okay, Drax is a bit of a one. I mean, a one-note oh. horse, as we say in, in my house, which <laughs> is a phrase <laughs> without any meaning whatsoever. <laughs> but you I mean, get the gist. No, um, no, I think he's. I think he's great as Drax, but like Army of the Dead. No, okay, Army of the Dead. But then you think like Blade Runner. He was he's, he's good in incredible Blade Runner, yeah. in yeah, the introduction Blade to Blade Runner. Runner. Oh, that but, that was the point at which I was like, yeah. "Oh, he's he's not he's not the Rock. He's an actor." You mean Final Score? Oh, <laughs> I had a good time with Final Score. <laughs> I mean, so did I he. I had but... a good time <laughs> on. with that. It's no Pierce, sudden death. Here's Brosnan at Upton Park. Come on, <laughs> I'm having some of that. Thank you very much. <laughs> I mean. I think it's nice seeing him do stuff that that doesn't play to, you know. Well, well, I think interestingly enough, in Knock at the Cabin, I think it needed. You say you said that it needed Bautista because it needed that physicality, and mm. then he needed to completely play against it. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, the the for Knock at the Cabin for those of you that have been under a rock for the last few weeks, this is the latest from M Night Shyamalan. Uh, ironically, he adapted it. It's not his story. It's from a a, a novel uh, called with a much better title. Is it The Cabin at the End of the World? Why they changed that, I do not know. That's a great title. Uh, and the premise is uh, a couple and their young daughter are holidaying in a cabin in the forest and four strangers show up conduct the most polite home invasion you have ever seen and promptly tell them that if one of them, the, the family have to make a choice and sacrifice one of the family, otherwise the entire world will end. And that's how it kicks off. So it's very much a, uh, you know, an existential angsty drama. It's all about the what would you do? Uh Shyamalan builds some nice little twists and turns into, as, as we said, the foursome that break in, which also include uh, Ron Weasley himself, Rupert Grint, uh, all to some degree play against type. And it's it's an interesting way to unsettle the audience because when you think about the premise, my fear was if you think about that setup, there's only three ways it's going to end. There are only three ways that story is going to end. And so you think, well, how is he going to mix this up? How is he going to keep the suspense going? How is he going to keep surprising? And one of the things he does is he throws in some of these character beats, uh, which is only works because of the cast. And, and Bautista is his hulking presence. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't shy away from it. His tattoos are out, his muscles are, but he is the calmest, most polite most thoughtful you know kind of individual and just that juxtaposition it, it almost keeps you on your toes because you have no idea where it's going to go from his character perspective so the premise is well done 
Shyamalan shoots it really well. Uh, there's an awful lot of close-ups, you know, real intense close-ups. Because, and you know, what he does is he's this is a human drama, and he's playing it in the faces of the actors. So it's it, there's not a lot of flash. He's relying on his cast and his cast to pull through. The fact is, it's it's that ending, uh, and I, I can't. I don't want to say too much about it, but my fears going into the film were absolutely manifested with its ending it, it is a disappointing ending for me it's a film that can't stick its ending oh it's just that i mean isn't that just m night all over though well well <laughs> sa- sadly yes yeah because, yeah uh, uh, i mean tom have you read the book no no but i can't remember the last time that i went into an m night movie and 10 minutes in thought I really hope it doesn't end like this. And that's exactly how it ends. And I've been yeah. doing that since the village, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, so I'm bored. Split was pretty good. Split was good. And so was the visit, actually. Well, Although, once again, 10 minutes in, I was like, ah, oh, no, I know what this yeah. is doing. <laughs> At <laughs> least it was good getting there. But yeah. Um, and, and, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, to some degree, that is knock at the cabin. It, it okay. it's, it's good enough. But what made it all the worse is if you read about how the book ended, because it was all over the media about how Shyamalan changed the ending of the book. And I won't tell you, I won't go into anything, but let's just say uh, a darker, more thought-provoking, more interesting ending was there on the page for him. (laughs) And he chose to not take it. Now I can kind of understand why, because when I say it was darker, man, it went dark. And there's probably no way on God's green earth the mainstream's you know Hollywood studio would green light that ending, although they did it with you know similar films like The Mist, for example. They went there, so it is it, it, there has been precedent. But he had the ending on the page, and knowing that he went out of his way and changed the ending to something which was far blander, far more vanilla, far more. I mean, I've, I've seen some people go, and the twist with Shyamalan is he gave us a twist because he didn't give us a twist. And you go, <laughs> no, you're an ass. That's a load of old rubbish. Uh, so it's one of those where, you know, for the for three quarters of the film, it's interesting. It's well acted. There is still that existential question of what would you do? You know, all this kind of stuff. Just It just craps the bed yeah. excuse the french in I'm, the end i'm not gonna watch this i i am so done with his like sub yeah. twilight zone ass movies i'm not i've i've given up on him i just like at any time he gets his hands on a good idea he absolutely whiffs it and i'm just mm. done with it oh, maybe no, he'll I, do I, another unbreakable movie oh no he can't <laughs> oh, yeah. no i'm I, there, there is enough in there there, there, there is more than enough in there. Like you said, if I hadn't realised how the book ended, I'd have upped my score. But, but knowing that the one area that was problematic going into it, problematic coming out of it, was the one area he bloody well changed. Everything else is there in the book, apparently. All the characterization, all the interesting cool bits, they're all there in the book. And yet, yeah, he stiffs the ending. So he lost marks with me, man. He well, lost marks, man. Well, uh we'll see Drax and Ron Weasley together in the MCU pretty soon because um, supposedly Disney have got their eye on the Potter universe. Mm. So um, that's, that's the holiday special I'm looking forward to where, where <laughs> Drax throws Ron Weasley out of a window. That'd be good. Wouldn't it? Drax goes to Hogwarts. Yeah. I kind of want to see that though. It Perfect. would be fun. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I want to see that too. Oh, it would be, oh. it would be franchise licious. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> 
I'll tell you a movie I expected to be an absolute train wreck. I mean, so much so that there's a Friday and I'm sitting there and I got two choice movies to watch. I got to watch a Netflix movie with Jonah Hill and Eddie Murphy. Or I've got to watch an Amazon movie with Jennifer Lopez called Shotgun Wedding. I watched the trailer for the Eddie Murphy Jonah Hill movie and I'm like, that's just not going to be funny. That looks it looks terrible. pretty cringe. Look, the trailer looks terrible. I'm going to watch this shotgun movie. Can't can't be worse than the trailer for the Sophie's what? Choice. Um, <laughs> that's not what that, that means. Not what it means. <laughs> that's what it's become. Ever since someone put that on one of Tom's reviews, it's not not Sophie's Choice. Anyway, so while I'm making. A Sophie's Choice decision. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> you see, I watch uh, I watch Shotgun Wedding, and it's like one of the worst films I've seen all year. Don't ever, Aww. don't anyone make this same mistake. I mean, I warn people by writing reviews for both these films. Don't do it. the The film, the Eddie Murphy film, you people. It's not even an Eddie Murphy film. It's like Jonah Hill, straight through, wrote it, produced it, stars in it. He's great in it. It's funny, uh, it's got chemistry, and it's got an Eddie Murphy who's acting a role, which is really weird. He's not Axel F or a derivative of. Mm -hmm. He is uh, he's acting a role, almost to the point where Butler style, you want him to kind of slip back into being mm. trademark Eddie Murphy. Do, does he swear in it? Of course he swears in it, oh, but well, he doesn't... He well, doesn't it doesn't seem like one of his usual roles. He's very, very straight in well, it. That, well, that's the rule, isn't it? If Eddie, if Eddie Murphy swears, it's an all right Eddie Murphy. If he's not swearing, <laughs> he's terrible. No, he swears a lot. Oh, what swears swear. does he do, Kaz? List the swears. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All, all of them. All of all them. The, all the swears. All the swears. All the swears. All the swears. <laughs> yes. Yes. My daughter asked me about the C word and said... Oh, Nice. Said, is it is it crap? And I went, yes, yes, yes. Yep, correct. That's the, that's yes. the I heard there might be another. No, that's the one. That's the only one you need. <laughs> um, this is a this is a pretty good Jonah Hill movie featuring uh, Eddie Murphy acting, and it's for it's, Netflix. It's so funny, like isn't it? it? That like it's... we're at the stage where if you say, "Oh, it's a Jonah Hill movie," you go, "Uh, okay, that might be okay." And if you someone says, "Oh, it's an Eddie Murphy movie," you go, "Ah, oh, I don't think I'll watch it." Yeah, which you would think it like ten years yeah. ago. Flip that around. <laughs> yeah. No, Jonah Hill's really come in something in the last few years. Yeah, he's great in it. It's it's so much better than the trailer. It's so much uh, more on point, funny, mm. uh, just at times sweet. Oh, oh Simon's oh. seen it and thought it was rubbish. rubbish. Oh, hey. so you know it came off. First. It came off as a poor man's um, uh, Larry David film, um, all improvised and just cringeworthy uh, humour, and didn't didn't do anything for me whatsoever. You, you got to watch Shotgun Wedding first, man. <laughs> you got to okay. watch Shotgun so Wedding. <laughs> <that's> <laughs> my my concern is that it will be more woke than Puss in Boots. Is it more woke than Puss in Boots? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, my woke meter got broken 
I'm going to get one reinstalled. But when I do, I'll be able to assess everything in terms of, of woke. I think we need to put it on as like a sub score. Um, I think we should, yeah, somewhere. woke out of 10 or out of W. Just, just, just a letter out of, out of W. And the score yeah. for this is woke out of 10. Yeah. No, out, out of out of W. Yeah. It'll be like B out of W. It's so. PC gone mad out of woke. Yes. Divided by. What? So, <laughs> Mel Gibson. Don't bring maths into this. Mel Gibson. Okay. Yes. We got, we're talking about there was a time when Eddie Murphy would get you to watch a movie. There was, there was a time when Mel Gibson might get you to watch a movie. Not anymore. And uh, and he's been in a lot of terrible movies. Like he's taken the mantle from Willis and no, Seagal. Yeah, no, no. And... No, no one's <laughs> taken the mantle off Willis. No, okay, fair enough. But Be he's fair. He's done. He's done some interesting, interesting cameos in bad movies. And his latest film is called On the Line, which is the Seagal three-word title extravaganza. I mean, it sounds like what your grandma might call the internet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's on the line. <laughs> um, it's all right. Uh, and I'm going to say it's most remarkable for the fact it's the first movie in a good long while I've seen where Mel Gibson was the star. It's like a thriller, and he's on the line with uh, someone who holds him hostage on air, threatening his family. Oh, phone booth. Yes. Or <laughs> feedback, feedback with Eddie Marzan. Well, there we go. In- interestingly, <laughs> it is like a movie that I have not mentioned in the review and that that people aren't going to guess. But if you see it and see the ending... Sing in the rain. You'll go... Who sing in the rain. No, you, will, <laughs> you will. You will go... Kiss and Kane. Paddington 2. Yes. What is all it? of them. Cinema Paradiso. It is the Paddington 2 of phone booth <laughs> movies. Um, anyway, but it is oh, a very... I really want to know what that film very is. Very divisive ending. Belly of the Beast. i got to say that... <laughs> that if you can wrap your head around it you might enjoy it but most people can't and i get that because it is oh, crazy yeah. and stupid was it all a dream yes there we go um oh this is no you told me about the ending to this and i'm never gonna watch it uh, i want to watch it even more now i'm gonna watch it <laughs> i'm watching <laughs> i'm watching the movie and i'm describing the ending to tom and the ending is unfolding whilst I'm describing it. So I'm like, and this has happened. This is really stupid. Oh, no, wait. No, no. This has happened. This is even stupid. No, wait. This. And Tom just stops reading my messages. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did. It's got a like a trifecta of twist and then twist and then twist. Um, one, of, one of them's fairly clever. And the movie it imitates is very good. Is he dead? Does he see dead people? Yeah. It is that. It's that the twist. Jemaya, lama, yes. lama, lama. Yes. But, um, but no, it is nice to see Gibson in a lead. He, he can carry the movie. Should be doing better stuff. Understand why he's not. But um, I thought know. he was ace in Daddy's Home too. Mm. I, I haven't seen uh, a, a new Mel Gibson movie since What Women Want. <laughs> Expendables 3? Nope. No, you wouldn't have seen Expendables. So, what's honestly, I guarantee you, that was the last time I saw Mel Gibson at the cinema. Bloodfather? Nope. 
Uh, what's that gringo film he did that's got 19 oh, other that job is titles? Great. Nope. I know it is. That is great. That I is a, know it that is. is. Get me the gringo. Is get, that the one? Get the gringo, also known as How I Spent, How my, I spent vacation. my Summer Vacation. That's the one. Is one of his absolute best films in the dragged, last Dragged 20 Across years. Concrete. Dragged Across Concrete is great, but the thing about Get the Gringo. I haven't, I haven't seen Dragged Across Concrete, but I will, I will watch that because uh, a good Brawl movie. and Bone Tomahawk are both awesome. Yes. And uh, yeah, Brawl, Brawl's. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And Dragged Across Concrete's right up there. Mm. Okay. Um, but get the gringo is like it's a great film like an indie payback sequel yeah. it's really really good really good yeah. very very shot for nothing got all of the style and charm you could imagine it's a great mm. little movie he directed it didn't he no i don't know mm. anyway i don't know we're going to quickly talk 4k before we run out of time in a we're going to keep this to the hour don't we have to talk about tom tom's jacket What's Tom's jacket? Uh, that's the question. Why do we have to talk about Tom's jacket? We just had a message flash up. Do you not well, read Tom's it, thumbs? Honestly. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Do you know what? Just keep on. Yeah. Come on. Let's not talk about Tom's jacket. Now I've seen oh. seen what it is. We just have to leave it to the to the listeners. <laughs> this is the, oh no! It's it's the podcast competition. What is Tom's <laughs> jacket? Mm, no, what he... what has it got in its pockets is that's no, what that's that should, that should be no, that no should you be. Can, that that's it that's uh, admissible in court tom <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> no, we talked about how nice your jacket was tom you've got to explain about the jacket yes, for people who jacket. can't see the jacket you have to describe the jacket tom it's like um it's a it's a graphical pattern which is an exact replica of um it, it's like um it, I don't, it's going to be serious yeah I, I mean if if you know you know <laughs> i'll just bloody say it's boba fett's mandalorian armor oh, oh shit is... is that what it is <laughs> this no, is the way you know what, what a nerd you are terrible <laughs> honestly i'm towing the av forums corporate line here i just want that noted for the record <laughs> noted what's on 4k is there anything on 4k no one's doing 4k Warner Brothers is still the weird. Okay. What's the that about? Weird Warner oh. Brothers box. So, so, well, no, so, no, no. I tell you what. The... Done. We've just done Sony. No, yeah. no. Let's dial back. Okay. Simon's reviewed all of these Columbia box sets, which are pretty good. But mm. you know, even Annie, even Annie. No, that's not good. So the, they are a bit hit and miss. But there are enough. I would say there are enough reasons to get it. Um, but in their sets, and then Sony, which did the Columbia box sets, did the Sony box sets, that, and that's a wonky that's the set of films. The Sony, well, yeah. the Sony is it is a bit wonky because the people who are going to go, yeah, I really need that. Yeah, they're not then, the same people who are going to go, I really need that. Yeah, individually, so, none of them are bad movies, but like, yeah. like you said, <laughs> that's <laughs> not a collection of movies. That's yeah. Not, just, for, not for any one person. Yeah, it's I was going to say, but yeah. two of us here have bought it, <laughs> so we could review it, of course. Mm. Not so we could sell each title for fifty dollars uh -huh. on eBay. Yeah. Um, I loved Run Lola Run. Mark loved um, so Devil's Backbone, and I I enjoyed 
some of the other and city of lost children i enjoyed mm. some of the others certainly discovering them but i i can't imagine my way around this 11 film box set it's such an mm. odd choice but now we've done better warner have gone forget your 11 films we'll have 30 like 10 from each randomly picked era and... i think but the the thing is like warner have picked some absolute blinders to go 4k and some that you can't get anywhere else which is really sneaky yeah but not many but not yeah, many how yeah. many is it three four how many of them are new they they reckon so if you read the blurb yeah it talks about films that are included that are exclusive to the set and i think there's only three so for <laughs> example Enter the Dragon and yes. The Exorcist. Which are the ones you want, yeah. of course. Yeah. We, we know are coming as individual release. So of the 30, it looks like there's about three that are going to be excluded. I mean, I've, I've already bought 20 of the 30 already. So, so, so what's the the I, logic is just £10 a disc starter collection, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah. it's but, if, you, if you don't have an existing collection mm. this is an awesome set of films mm. to start you off at a, it is at a reasonable price per movie yes yes yeah. so all warner need to do is like build a 4k player and then sell it with this bundle as a starter set except that what they've done is they've broken it down so there's the 30 disc set for 300 quid or whatever it is yeah and then in that set, you've got 10 films from each area, which is like Golden Age, New Hollywood, modern blockbusters. Mm, yeah. Something, something like that. Really dodgy, yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but so breaking that down, they're releasing three individual box sets, but they're only selecting five movies from each era for the individual box sets. <laughs> and invariably, the five movies they've chosen for each era are the ones everyone's got, which yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And some baffling titles. They've put it chapter one and no chapter two. Yeah, I saw that. What? <laughs> there are some. There are some odd, odd picks. It's like oh, well. in the in the era of modern blockbusters, the Matrix is in there. It's like if you own a four K player and you don't own the Matrix, like what are you doing? <laughs> Although I do strange. do like the way that they don't respect any of the sequels. Yeah, no, that's, no, that's legitimate. Yes, it should exactly. be the Matrix One and Four. Those are the two Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so that that we're not going to cover that. I'm just saying we're going to talk well, about it loads because it would have been released. It's mental. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, we're not we're not getting that in. We're just going to get the Exorcist, and then Mark's going to talk to Tom about how good it is while Tom doesn't have it. It is brills. Um, yeah. <laughs> What's coming soon, Mark? On 4K. Uh, what can we look forward to? Exodus uh, 3 is coming in 4K. On 4K. <laughs> That's a good film. Yes. It's a it great is, film. It, it yeah. is a good film. We don't need it in 4K. No, no. We, we've got so since since last we met. Since last we met, dear listener, dear viewer, uh a, a soups on of interesting announcements. Uh, the first ones come from Artificial Eye, who are releasing some classics on 4K, the Double Life of Veronique and the Three Colors Trilogy. Uh, they're both coming on the 3rd of April. Interestingly enough, Criterion in the States are releasing their own 4K 
box set of the Three Colours trilogy tomorrow. And already that their internet is up in arms about they've changed the colour. They've changed. <laughs> All the colours are reversed. No. Pink, orange and blue. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's now cyan, magenta and yellow. <laughs> so, uh, so, so that's going to be interesting. Uh, second Sight, uh, everyone's favourite Second Sight, have released the specs of their Texas Chainsaw Massacre Uber set, Ooh, and it yeah. looks amazing. It's got a book. It's got a book in it, and it's Books. a hardback. <laughs> Books, as well as yeah. a few discs, possibly, but mostly books. And yeah. an extra art card if you pre-order it. Cool. <laughs> honestly, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Tom, jaded. I have. I'm not. I'm not jaded because I got it. We've all pre-ordered it. It's fine. Uh, more interestingly, Indicator have finally announced their first 4K releases, and in brilliant Indicator style, they haven't gone for any classics. No, no, it's nuts, it's isn't it? Hardcore Euro horror smut. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Do you want one film about lesbian vampires? Well, get stuffed. We're giving you two. Honestly. Is that uh, the stuff indicator we've got? They've got like Paul Schrader movies in their back catalogue. Yeah. They've got John Carpenter movies in their yeah. back catalogue. No, man. We're going to go Rollin. lesbian vampires. Rollin. I'm not even Henry. Jean <laughs> Rollin. Shiver the Vampire and Two Orphan Vampires on the 24th of April. Uh, but... But Hollywood, the Hollywood bigwigs are, you know, they're not to be forgotten here. Paramount have jammed its vault door open and are releasing two of, I mean, I mean, how the format has survived without these so far is beyond me. But The Core and Red the Eye. The Core is great. The Core yeah. is great. I, I enjoy Red Eye, but The Core, unobtainium. The Core has previously been unobtainable. So, yes. Nah. yes. <laughs> That we can get it. It's such yeah. tremendous nonsense. It's garbage, wait. isn't it? It's, it's nonsense. <laughs> it's nonsense. We'll it's like... buy, we'll love, but yes. it's nonsense. It's no Geostorm, <laughs> put it that way. Uh, and more interestingly, Midnight Run, the classic yeah. in the States from Shout Factory. Now, no, no UK release, but we all know that in this country, Universal have the rights for Midnight Run. And if anyone's going to do 4K Universal in this country, it's going to be them there at Arrow. So fingers crossed for an Arrow 4K release, please, of Midnight Run. But I saved the best till last until Kaz wantonly graffiti. Crossed it out. Notes. Crossed it right out Speaking and replaced of, it. No, no. You can wait, sir. You can wait. Uh, US only announcements. The best 4K of the year for me is Nye. It is Dragon Slayer from Paramount, who have confirmed, obviously, a brand new Spiffy 4K Dolby Vision. It is also getting a new Atmos track. It has got a wealth of new extras, and the Steelbook is a thing of beauty. So all you people who want the Abyss, don't. Well, all right, yes, get the Abyss, but also buy <laughs> Dragon Slayer, the best dragon film ever. And then Kaz wrote some about Assault on Pre-619. But we all know that. <laughs> That's a load of old toss. So that's me. That's me done. That's all I could find in terms of new 4K. <laughs> Not a lot. Okay, fine. I'm going to stick a pin in TV. Oh, no. Yeah, that's it. The, the best last, TV show. The uh, last of TV. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm going to make you wait. Two Too weeks. woke. 
Two, two more episodes. Go on, tell us a little bit about The Last of Us. <laughs> okay, only, only super enough. briefly. Watch The Last of Us. It's great. If you've played the game, you'll friggin' love it. If you've not played the game, you'll friggin' love it. It's the best TV in ages. Nice. Even I'm okay. watching it and enjoying it. That Ooh. tells you something. Well, maybe I'll give it a go then. Yeah, let's saw... do it. It's better than Picard. I saw... well, that's not hard, mate. <laughs> there you go. I saw somebody uh, online who, who, um, in praise of it, said that it's really amazing that with you know dedication and the right creative team, you absolutely can translate from a game exhausting, toxic fandom to TV, and it's absolutely <laughs> true. <laughs> I um, yeah, I was going to recommend that we all watch. Picard. Oh, for the next. Why? No, no, no. no. I'm joking. I'm joking. Not going to. We should all watch no, a couple no, of no. episodes of Last of Us before the next one. No, I, okay. I'm up to speed. All right, today. Okay, yeah, me say too. That you can save yeah. yourself the homework when the kids am... do that to me. I'm like, just keep it quiet if you've done it already. <laughs> like you're having me, you're having me do this instead of watching it, which I resent you for. Okay, <laughs> well, go away and watch it then. Okay, bye. I'm just. Um, <laughs> We, our last recommendation was to watch. Well, I can't even remember what our last Neither one can was. I. But our one from like a year ago was to watch Strange New Worlds, and Tom finally did it. Oh yes! So, so welcome to twenty twenty. Well, I watched two, Tom. two episodes. Two episodes. I know, uh, but you really enjoyed it. You said it was the best track ever. I with didn't an say. A. That. I so, didn't say that. I said I. I said it is the least bad of new track. You didn't. Which you is true. It was like you said it was like. It, could this be the best track? I did not say that. You literally said it. I'm going to put it up in the chat. I believe Fine. you, Kaz. For I believe you. For the record, <laughs> I did not say that. Best track. But Tom said it's the best track. I said better, it's easily hard. It's easily as good as any given episode of Enterprise. Which... <laughs> <laughs> From the fourth season. It's, no, the, the first two that I watched, it was like watching... Two episodes of Star Trek, which was a yeah. breath of fresh air. <laughs> yeah, it was nice. So yeah, oh, I'm going to watch the rest of it now. Good. Having sworn off Star Trek forever after Picard I, season I two. I, we kept telling you to try it. Anyway, anyway, I'm glad we got you on board. We're we're all going to watch The Last of Us because you told us so, and not yes. because we were already watching it. No. And we're going to do a podcast competition. Uh, we're going to start the year with a 4K prize. You'd like to win a copy of Turning Disney's Turning Red on 4K. Use the following question to select the correct answer from the competition page. What color panda is in Turning Red? And and I'm I haven't messed with the color timing on it. Is that a trick question? Because black or white? Oh, it's two. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you swine, you devil. All, the, uh, the answer isn't on all pandas. All pandas have white on them. The answer oh, isn't oh. Ontario or Chinese Canadian, so I think we're okay. Oh. Are those the, oh, those are the choices for the competition. Those are the oh, other okay, choices. Right. There's only one choice. Is actually only color. one choice is a color. Okay. Yeah, it's, like, it's like it's not gonna not gonna be a hard one for for people oh. who 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 are in the know. Um, right, coming soon. Tom's gonna see Quantum Mania and Ant Man three, the longest of all the Ant Man movies, but still not three hours. Disappointingly, apparently, um, yeah. Mark's gonna hopefully have his second sight Martin four K disc. Yes. I'm going to probably talk about how Wakanda Forever looks better on 
IMAX enhanced Disney streaming with a pretty good Atmos track than it does on disc. But I haven't got the disc yet, so I can't actually say that legitimately. But it does look pretty good. Um, and we're going to get Simon some 4Ks. I'm going to get Great. Right. Will, yeah. will Cocaine Bear be out by the time we do another oh, podcast? Oh, trailer. Yes. Use the words do and cocaine in the same sentence, so I'm confused about what you're asking. Me. Oh. <laughs> I think I think maybe it won't. I think it's the very end of the month, so I think maybe yeah. it'll be the podcast after where we get to yeah, talk about how awful so. Cocaine Bear is. It looks <laughs> disappointing. Amazing. Yeah, yeah it's right? Gonna, it's going to be yeah. a massive letdown. It's going to be a massive letdown. Yeah. It's all in the title. It's just never going to live... Never snakes on a plane it. part two like it's like <laughs> if you've read the title you've got the joke that's it yeah it's it's not gonna happen it mark's gonna check out django on sky i'm gonna look at carnival row season two the show that i quite enjoyed but is coming back for a second and final season i didn't expect there to be but okay uh and none of us are gonna watch picard i'm just warning you none of us are gonna watch picard season no. three if no. a picard season three review appears it's because of chat gpt you know it's it's man <laughs> yeah. i i am gonna get chat gpt to write a review <laughs> of an imaginary picard Let's season three in advance okay yeah <laughs> why did we say that live we could have actually done anyway uh, epic fail right let us know if there's anything that you'd like us to cover that we haven't covered but we really cover everything and and if we don't it's not worth it and if someone um, says let us Picard know. season three, you you ban. Yeah, people are going to say Picard yeah. season three. We'll, do, we'll, we'll get you one of those. It'll be authentic. Don't worry about it. Lockwood um, and Co. I'm watching Lockwood and Co. This week. I might, if I finish it, I might write about that. Uh, what write about Picard season three? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I finish Lockwood and Co., I'll write about yeah. Picard season three. <laughs> yeah. Don't watch Picard season three. Watch Lockwood and Co. It's quite fun <laughs> so far. You've watched ten minutes. No, I've watched the first episode and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh, nice. All right. Anyway, we, we, we just save, got to the save, end. Save that What's for happening? next. Save that yeah, for, save next. for next time when, next you, when you've watched Picard. Tell us about Lockwood. Okay. Um, that's it. That's it. I'm saying. Hurrah. So thank you, Mark. You're very welcome, Kazan 99. Thank you, Simon, for coming back. My to pleasure. Us. I don't know. The freezing cold. We're going to return. The of Australia. Yes, you. you're not bitter at all. Not bitter at all. <laughs> Just to see Tom's jacket has made it all worthwhile. Oh yeah, what's the jacket again, Tom? It's it's like a it's so it's like a graphic print of like. <laughs> oh, I need to go. Be inside. I, I need to go. <laughs> if you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a like and subscribe to Channel Plus. Hit the notification bell so you don't miss out when we publish our live streams product reviews, and more. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook and bookmark avforums.com for the latest reviews, news, and videos. Plus, why not give us a five-star rating on whichever service you use, if they allow it, but only if you enjoyed the show. I'm Cass Harlow. Thank you for watching and listening, and join us for the next podcast, 20th of Feb. Bye. Bye.